so glad that you joined me today for our daily Bible study time, and I'm excited that you are you have just started listening, or you are a regular listener, and I welcome you. I want you to know that, and I know that you're busy, but if you're taking time out to do this, I encourage you, and I thank you that uh, you're doing it, and I know that you're going to be blessed because anytime we study God's Word, it it really blesses us. We're in the book of Daniel, and we're ready to talk about chapter 4. Chapter 4 is a really intriguing chapter, and it emphasizes the miracle of God's mercy and love and forgiveness and how he speaks to us and deals with us uh, no matter who we are or where we are. And it's really the salvation experience, the conversion experience of King Nebuchadnezzar, who at that time was the ruler over all the world, they had captured everything and they had uh, defeated Israel and brought back to Babylon some of the most prominent of the young men can, of, of, the, of Israel, Daniel and others. And uh, let's uh, look at it in just a moment. But if you have a salvation experience, if you've trusted Christ and given your life to him, then you have a testimony to share that's very important too. Uh, a remarkable fact to me is the, the way the king told of what God had done. He confessed openly and publicly his faith. And this chapter is a notice written to all the peoples of the nations all over the earth that he and his country controlled. And he said, it seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. And that's uh, especially important for us, too, to share what God has done for us with other people help them to know that he makes a difference in their lives. Uh, let me read just a, a few verses in, in Nebuchadnezzar 4, I mean, sorry, in Daniel 4, chapter 1, King Nebuchadnezzar said to the nations and peoples of every language who live in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. It's my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed to me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders, his kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from Nebuchadnezzar, um, it endures from generation to generation, said Nebuchadnezzar. And then he tells about a dream that he had, and he tells about how Daniel interpreted that dream, the dream which revealed that God was going to bring him low, and God was going to bring him to the end of himself so he could come into a relationship with God. So let's look at it, at the whole thing today, and... Uh, I want you to consider first who God touched in this amazing way. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful man on earth, and he ruled the world. He was the man who had brought to pass the great government of Babylon. He had put together a military machine that was second to none. They'd conquered the world. He was a man who had everything that he could want, and everything was under his control. But he had to come to that place to see that he was a sinner and that he was, that he was not, not nearly as powerful as God. One thing that God continued to emphasize, and we see it three times in this passage in chapter 4, is that God had to bring him to the place where he would know that the Most High God rules over the earth and not him, and he wasn't God, and he wasn't the most important person, and that his position had been given him by God. That was very difficult for him to accept. It was only as he was brought low 
could he come to do so? Nebuchadnezzar knew that God ruled, but where did he rule? Nebuchadnezzar's answer would have been, as he pointed to heaven, up there. But he was wrong. Daniel was saying he also rules down here. It was in the kingdom of men that he wanted his will done in Babylon. He wanted to bring Nebuchadnezzar to see that though he was God of heaven, he was also the God of earth. And that he wants not only to be in charge of heaven, but he wants to be in charge of earth. When we pray, our Father who art in heaven, and we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're saying we want you to be in charge in us and on us on earth, just like you do in heaven, in our homes, in our bodies, in our lives, in our attitudes, in our actions, in our churches. That's really what God's salvation is all about, that he takes over. We allow him to be the Lord of our lives. When we begin to see that he's not only the God of heaven, but he's the God of earth, what a difference it makes. This is what Nebuchadnezzar had been unwilling to do. He was too proud. He was the one who had brought to pass the greatness of Babylon. He was the great leader. He was the brilliant uh, emperor, he was independent, he was, he was haughty, but there was a time God had to knock the props out from under him. You see, it doesn't pay to really stand against God. People in high places need God as much as people in low places. And the Bible is very clear. It says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. The second thing about this man, he had also been a, and was also a very cruel and violent man because he was in charge he had no self-restraint. He, In chapter 2, we read that he planned to butcher an entire class of people because they could not interpret the dream, the, 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 his so-called wise men. Chapter 3, he was going to burn three Hebrews who refused to bow to his image, and he would have burned 300 or 3,000 if they had refused because he could do it. He was powerful. His word was law. What he said was death or life. We, we hear a lot about the cruelty of this man. In Jeremiah 29, the prophet tells us that about two Jews that Nebuchadnezzar roasted to death in a fire. In 2 Kings 25, we read that he put out the eyes of King Zedekiah after he had slain the man's sons. The last thing Zedekiah saw was his sons dying. In King, 2 Kings 24, we're told that he put Jehoiakim... 18 years of age in prison and left him there to rot for 36 years. He was a cruel man, a violent man. He brought misery and suffering upon thousands of people whom he conquered. For he uprooted them from their homes, from their countries, from their backgrounds, and brought them to the land of Babylon and made them his slaves. If God could save this man from his sins and change his life and make him new, he could do that for anybody. He was also a prosperous man. In verse 4, chapter 4, it says that he was at ease in his house and flourishing in his palace. His prosperity was his danger and became his curse because he was deceived into thinking that he was the one who produced it, that he was the one who provided it, that he was the one who brought it to pass. Also, he was a man with no background in spiritual truth. He was a pagan, really, a heathen, an idol worshiper, a man who had no background in spiritual life. He had no parents or grandparents or relatives or friends who were believers. He had nothing of the truth of Jehovah God. And the only touch he had was through Daniel and the three Hebrew boys that showed him the true and the living God. And we're going to see tomorrow as we continue his story, the amazing thing that God brought to pass 
which is beyond human comprehension how God works in, in uh, wondrous ways to bring to pass his love and salvation for us. Hope you have a great day and hope to be able to talk with you tomorrow.